every single year, the number of Canadians who leave what we would consider the traditional work environment. Like, you know, I think for most of us, we're familiar with you get a job and you go to work and you work for somebody and you you have an office and, you know, maybe you stay there a year, five years, 10 years, whole careers, right? Uh, but for a lot of people and a growing percentage of Canadians, that's not the format they're in anymore. Um, it's estimated at least 5% of Canadians were involved in something different than that kind of standard setup. Um, going back to 2005, it's way more than that now, 10% in 2020 and continuing to grow. So more and more people every year get into what's called the gig economy. They're not, they're not working in that standard employee employer setup anymore it's more freelance work it's more piecework all that sort of stuff and i mean you can see the the upside to it right more freedom more flexibility all those sorts of things you're you're working for yourself but there's a downside too and that is that typical employee employer relationship that we're talking about brings with it some added securities uh, we've talked before about employment insurance we've talked about pensions we've talked about benefits all these sorts of things that don't exist when you're out on your own it's a bit of a trade-off and there's a lot of work around trying to level that playing field somewhat we're going to chat with nora loretto who is president of the canadian freelance union nora thanks so much for joining us i appreciate your time Hey, how's it going? It's going great. I got to tell you, first time I've heard of the Canadian Freelance Union. So tell us, what's your organization all about? What is it? Yeah, well, we were founded in 2006 and uh, we're founded as an alternative to a formal union because freelancers, as you said, uh, don't have formal work arrangements with an employer. And so you can't have the same kind of employee-employer relationship that might come along with a union or even with a lot of employment standards legislation. And so we've been uh, we've been around for a while. We're a project of Unifor, which is Canada's largest private sector union. Okay. And we have about 200 members in all regions of Canada, including our Prairies representative who is based in Alberta. In Edmonton, actually. Interesting. Okay, so so you're 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 a, what would you call it? An offshoot of Unifor. So there's some official union backing here, right? We are a project. So Unifor, uh, when the the union was was founded in 2013, they wanted to come up with a model that would allow people who have these bizarre work arrangements yeah. to still find their way into a, a union protection of some sort. And so uh, that's where we come from. Unifor represents a lot of media workers, right? There's about seven to 8,000 media workers, everyone from, you know, camera operators mm-hmm. to, to on-air journalists. And so it made a lot of sense to create this atypical uh, or group that operates kind of like a union. I mean, we do grievances and we fight for our members, um, but it is much more of an association in, in that people just pay a flat rate. They join year by year and, um, you know, they're able to access things that they have to pay into like health insurance or other kinds of insurance. Gotcha. Okay. So that was the question. Is it, is it like an advocacy group or is it a full fledged union? I mean, you're paying dues or is it sort of evolving into what ultimately it may be, but trying to offer some of the things that come with being in a union? Yeah, we try to mimic the union structure. Okay. So there's a due structure that is, um, there's a mandatory due floor, and then we ask people to pay a little bit more if they make more money. So it's $125 per year, and then it's a voluntary, if you make more than $60,000 a year, that your, you know, your, your dues go up a little bit. And so we offer services, we offer access to things like press cards and uh, contract advice and support, rate cards, because people don't really know sometimes how much to charge when they're getting into freelance communications work. 
Um, but we also have health plans and dental plans. And as they say, you know, with the, when, when a member comes to us and says, hey, this person didn't pay me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do or what, what I, where, where do I go? Uh, we get involved and we use very creative methods to make sure that people get paid. Okay, let's get into that. Is that the biggest issue? Is that what you're dealing with primarily right now is sort of freelancers who, for lack of a better term, just get ripped off? The people don't pay them? Yes, that's, I'd say, the majority of the complaints that we get from people. We obviously feel feel a lot of questions just about the world of freelancing because people do bounce in and out of it and it changes so quickly. Um, that's, there's just questions like, what is, what is a good rate to charge to write someone's cop, a copy on a website, for example? But those, those issues, uh, I wrote a grant for someone and they refused to pay me because they didn't get the grant. Or I okay. wrote a script from someone and I don't have a contract, but we agreed in this WhatsApp chat and, and, and here's the script of that. <laughs> Does this count? And we navigate that with our members to try and get the, get the money that they're owed. And, you know, usually it's not huge amounts of money, but we did have a, a, a significant payout, a $6,000 payout uh, last year, which was also actually with uh, an employer who's based in, uh, in Alberta. And that was really meaningful for our member because, you know, she was in her mid-60s and needed that money. So you're doing what you can to help out people mm-hmm. that are in this area. I know the government has constantly talked about trying to do some things to help out in this area. What do we need to do when it comes to labor laws? I mean, you could use some help, I'm sure. What would you like to see yeah. developed in this country? Yeah, so there's a lot of talk. <laughs> and that's unfortunately from the federal government. So much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are ways to give freelancers um, access to things like EI. And EI programs, that, you know, mostly in Canada, they're, they're not sufficient for freelancers because work sometimes doesn't count. You don't get a report of a, a record of employment for a lot of the work that you're doing. You know, I live in Quebec where I was able to get maternity leave as a freelancer. That's not possible in the rest of Canada. So things like that is, are really, really important, making sure that freelancers are able to pay into uh, things like employment insurance and then access employment insurance just like anyone else if they go through a, a dry period with contracts. But then there's also the whole problem of enforcement. And a lot of times we have people who come to us and they say, you know, I'm on a, I'm on this contract. It's a limited term. I'm being treated as a freelancer. They're ripping me off. And we look at the contract and we say, well, you're, you're an employee. Like, wh- why are you not being treated as an employee? And that goes to then to a problem of enforcement of, of existing employment standards. And no province uh, is doing it very well to give us the, the mechanisms we need to enforce compliance of existing laws. Um, is that the most difficult problem? Because I guess the, you fall into a gray area there, right? When it comes to enforcement, when we don't have the laws, it's sort of, like you said earlier, you got to get creative when it comes to trying to enforce some of the contracts that are out there, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Now, a lot of the contracts uh, would be enforceable in court. And one of our, our, our main goals is to avoid going to court because it's expensive. It's a huge pain in everyone's neck and no one has time for that. And so what we'll do is we'll intervene in a situation, usually just by saying, look, this person has in their corner this organization. This is what we understand you owe. Here's all the documentation. Here's your emails back and forth. Here's the work. Um, you know, we, we would like to know when you'll pay. And in every one of the cases that we've had in the last five or so years, uh, it's always worked. Employers have always said, okay, we agree, we will pay. And sometimes it's about copyright and photography. Sometimes it's about grant writing. Sometimes it's about writing books. Sometimes it's about being paid really, really late. But being able to intervene like that allows uh, our members to, first of all, have that support, but then also reminding employers that they're being watched and that they can't try to pull a fast one because we're there. And it's not, uh, frankly, it's not cool. 
Yeah, I think that would probably be the biggest part of it. I mean, it seems to me like a lot of the things that we've talked about as barriers to people getting into this or, or really making the, the freelance world work for them are the kind of things that you're, you're dealing with. I mean, to a T, are you seeing a lot of people flock to what you're offering? It seems to make sense. I mean, there's always strength in numbers and that's basically mm-hmm. what we're looking at here, right? Oh yeah, no. I like our membership is 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 not enormous, about two hundred members in Canada. But if you compare us to the American Freelancers Union, we're quite a, quite a bit bigger actually on a per, per capita basis. Um, so people are are very eager to join when they enter the freelancing world. One of the issues is that freelancers kind of move in and out of the freelancing yeah. space. So pretty much when people leave our organizations because they've gone into full time work or they've managed to get benefits through another kind of another kind of person or or, or you know situation. Uh, so you know our our problem, of course, is that we can always use more resources, we need more resources, and we're operating in 13 labor jurisdictions in this country, and everyone's a little bit different, and so that can be really, really challenging, and it has been challenging. Yeah, no kidding. If people are interested, and this is something they think, hey, I could take advantage of this, how do they get in touch with your organization? Yeah, you can check us out at CanadianFreelanceUnion.ca, and if you're a freelance worker and you're not in communications, you're a freelance, I mean, I've already heard in the last couple of days, freelance yoga instructors, you know, freelance drivers, there are options, there are options. So if you're curious, you can get in touch with me, uh, president at CanadianFreelanceUnion.ca, and we can talk about some of those options because um, bringing sense to these workplaces is really important because no one wants their personal trainer being paid 10 bucks an hour, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. No, it makes, it really does make good sense. Um, interested to see how it goes along. We'll check in and get an update down the road. Thanks, Nora.